0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First On Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Matt is back. He's back from Buffalo. Matt has a field be back
1: feels pretty good it was really fun Um, the kind of centered around the work trip was uh basically i've been in a management program for the last year and everyone's kind of working on different in different places across the kind of the almost the entire east coast here um and we all got to meet up for the first time so we've all been working together we've had projects we've had meetings all this stuff for the better part of the last year um and we finally got to see each other in person and it was crazy because it was like everybody was like wait you actually have legs um so yeah so that was pretty cool pretty good it was like a monday through thursday deal got back for Friday, so kind of kind of chilling on that. Obviously, I missed the episode on Tuesday, so Hayden did a solo one. I know that you know as soon as. He said that you guys were just you, – you were so – you You turned off the episode right away, I'm sure. Um, no, <laughs> nah, he, he actually did not. A, yeah, he did an okay job. Yeah, not, that's uh, right. He, he learned from the best because obviously I kind of – you know, I, I took the reins and I did a few of them by myself. And uh, yeah, but, but, but props to Hayden for holding it down on the Tuesday episode, doing it by himself. Um, but I am back and that's all that matters.
0: Well, there you go. Today is Friday, June 10th. We were going to talk about NBA today, but the game four is tonight – Celtics are currently up two to one, and so if we're going to talk about NBA, it was I had a game a game three topic, but it would have been a little bit weird because you you guys probably would have been listening to this either tonight as Game Four was going on or tomorrow when it's Saturday and Game Four is already over. Something crazy might happen in Game Four. Let's be honest, there's been something crazy that's happened pretty much every time or every game of the series so far. So we just decided it would be best to hold off until Tuesday because then that'll actually be after game five has been played as well. Cause I think game five is on Monday. So we'll basically have three whole games to talk about for you guys. And it, that, that'll just be better. So today is just going to be, we're going to be talking about golf. And the reason I don't say PGA is because we're going to be talking about the super golf league And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, then we're just going to explain the whole thing again. We talked about it maybe once, maybe twice. I know we talked about it at least once. Um, We may have talked about it twice in the past, but it was kind of a long time ago when we first talked about it, and there's been a lot that has happened since, and it's actually started since. The Invitational in London has started. Well, it it started yesterday, and it's basically just been going on since then. So we're going to be talking about that, not, not so much the play, but something that happened earlier in the week on Tuesday with the media day that they had, we're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to be talking about NHL second, and that will probably be it. I think we're going to have an NFL topic on Tuesday as well for you guys. So that's kind of a, a, a rundown of what we're going to have for the next two episodes. But yeah, just getting right into into the our golf topic here. The Super Golf League began yesterday in London, and I'm sure that that most people didn't even know, know that that was happening because almost none of the big American sports media outlets like Bleacher Report and ESPN are talking about it, or at least talking about it as much as they are the RBC Canadian Open, like that's going on right now in the PGA. So for those of you who missed our episode a little while back talking about the Super League, we can give you a little bit of a rundown on what it is. And I'm going to let Matt do that because he's best at, at giving kind of, kind of the, the background, especially on the super golf league, which he is really into. So go ahead, Matt.
1: Well, I wouldn't say I'm really into it. I just kind of know I follow golf a lot. So I kind of know what's up and kind of what's going on in the business. Um, so essentially, I would say almost um, probably six months back, we started to hear rumblings of a newly you know minted golf league uh, called the Super League originally. Now it's called the Live Tour, um, which is based in Saudi Arabia. It's backed by the Saudi Arabian government. And for some reason, I think this is just, it's, it's a very niche thing. Obviously, for those of you who don't know, the Saudi Arabian government is, is a very, that area of the world is extremely rich because oil is, you know, that's like the capital of the world for Oil um, and so you know Abu Dhabi, all those areas have a ton of money and Saudi princes and whatever I mean these guys are these guys are literally you know billionaires um, and, and there and there's so many of them and so they kind of get into niche stuff like I know that you know they have obviously a, a lot of um, you know that area has uh, you know has holdings in a lot of the English Premier League soccer teams well soccer teams all over Europe um, but but specifically English Premier League um, you know they they have done stuff like you know they, and even investing wise like you know they're heavily invested in like Uber as the, you know as as a company but like Uber. Uh, you know if you don't know anything about you know stocks and whatever like Uber doesn't really make money really um it's, it's obviously a solid company but it's like that's not a super you know it, it's, not, it's not it doesn't do super well on earnings or whatever so from what we've seen before when the Saudi government kind of gets behind stuff like this it, it seems like it's 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 very it's very niche and something that I think that you know if they can attract fans across the world well you know then then they can make it work that way and so the premise behind it though is essentially if you come to play in this league it'll be right I mean it'll, you'll be playing in golf courses all around Europe all around Asia and obviously in the Middle East as well. But basically, The amount of money that you get paid to just play in these tournaments, right? Not even not win, not come in the top ten, anything, um, is is really insane. And and like upwards of like hundreds of millions of dollars for some guys, literally just to just to show up to these tournaments. Um, And and I think I haven't looked into it too much, but I think it's not even I don't even think it's like a like a like a contract based thing. Because I'm you know you think about it and you're like okay, well if these guys are like signing to play in this league, then there must be some sort of contract to do with it. You know regardless of how they finish in the tournament, they'll make a certain amount of money, um, you know, guaranteed by whatever the contract stipulates. I don't think that's how it goes. I think that just based on your, you know, your name brand and and, and what you've done in the golf world, obviously you'd make more money if you're a more famous person. Um, and then obviously I think you do also make money for, you know, winning the, winning the tournaments at large. But for the way that, like, the percentages and the revenue splits work down is that, essentially, you, you you make a ton of money just for even showing up, and it's not even really worth it to actually play well and, and you know, and even try to win. Obviously, these guys are professional, you know, professional athletes, and, and so, obviously, they're going to try to win... You know, when, when, whenever they're competing, but at the same time, you also kind of end up in a situation where, Hey, you know, if this is, this is life changing money, um, you know, generational wealth type stuff, then, then what's the point? Why would you need to be always like, okay, well, if I'm not, if I'm not the best, then I'm not even going to compete. And we saw that. Pretty much happened with a lot of guys who were in the PGA Tour, had been playing for quite a while, and and who were good. You know, we have obviously a lot of the guys on this uh, in the Live Tour now or, you know, had played in the European Tour, had played in the DP World Tour, which is the Asian kind of, you know, the the Asian Golf League. um, And and they've come over. And so a lot of the guys you don't hear of – well, you don't know who they are because you haven't heard of them because they don't play, you know, in – spots in america you know or you know they may play like an open in, in the open championship or something in uh, in england but it's hard to qualify for that and all that you know a lot of the pga tour guys are going to be the ones qualifying for that type of stuff so you kind of end up in a situation where you know there, there's a lot of people who you haven't heard about who are going to be in the live league and who are going to be making so much money off of this but as we've that's what's been in the news in the past you know week or two here there's also a lot of really famous pga tour guys who are going to this league okay you have dustin johnson Bryson DeChambeau probably two of the you know the the two biggest names uh you know moving to uh moving to this well besides Phil Mickelson as well um but kind of relevancy wise and and you know people who are really great in in the PGA Tour right now um obviously Dustin Johnson Bryson DeChambeau are the are the two biggest Phil Mickelson um as well but again he even had I mean when he announced this a while back that he was going to be joining and and obviously came under fire for that and we had you know a multitude of episodes of of this podcast talking about you know what his how just he was saying the wrong stuff and it just it was wasn't looking good and then all the stuff came out about like his gambling habits and everything it was just it, it kind of was a, uh, a pile on uh, for Phil Mickelson but yeah so so those are you know those are some of the guys you also have like you're lesser known but still guys who who are you know who have won before on the PGA Tour obviously uh, uh you know Sergio Garcia has been a great uh player for, for for years now he won the Masters and I think 2017 Jason Duffner um is a major champion he's also going um I think there. are uh, I'm trying to think so Mar- I know like there's like a Martin Kimer. Martin Keimer, Martin Keimer. You probably don't know him. He like he was supposed to. I actually should have won a won a master. I think it was like 2008. He should have won the Masters. Um, but he's been a really great player. But then you have also like some new guys, right? So like a Taylor Gooch, right? Who you know he he won on the PGA Tour. He has wins on the PGA Tour this PGA Tour season, and then has just completely like left the tour, and he's going to play on the Live Tour now. Um, you know he's he's an up and comer who you wouldn't think would would really you know take. Basically, you know, take the bag, take the money to, to move to this to this new uh, to this new golf league. But, you know, he's a good example of some guy. So you kind of have a range of people who have essentially just said, I'm leaving the PGA Tour. I'm going to join the Live Tour. And, and, you know, realistically, it's just to make a lot of money. Now, where it gets a little tough is because, <laughs> obviously, you're joining a, a golf league that is, you know, sponsored and run by the Saudi Arabian government. And, and as we all know, again, not to get too political here, but there have not been super... Pleasant things that have gone on in that area of the world, and 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 that specifically, you know, governmental regime um, ha- has not been the nicest over the years. And so I think that the quandary here, the the, the you know, kind of the the you know, the problem that we run into um, is kind of a is kind of a you know, kind of a a mental values morals type of thing where it's like obviously, look, if you're one of these guys who is getting a little bit older, you know, you're on the PGA tour, you've been you've been doing well. And and to a certain extent, I mean, all the guys I listed were, were, you know, were more famous golfers who like have already made, you know, tens of millions of dollars and they're just going to make more. And so that's kind of the argument here is like you see all these players who are like, oh, yeah, I'm you know, I'm going to go join the, the live tour. But it's like then you kind of get into the politics of like. Well, you know, you kind of, in order to like, you know, kind of say that you're going to join that, you know, leave the PGA Tour and go join the Live Tour, you kind of have to do a little bit of, you know, of a morals check and be like, well, is that does that mean that this guy supports the things that you know that has happened, um, you know, with with that government and everything that, that's happened there over the past, you know, 20 years here, um, or is it literally like? it's just an insane amount of money and something that you can't pass up something that will you know change your life change your family's lives you know forever down the road and I think that's what most people are coming to but I think it gets where where I think it gets a little tricky is that like not everybody's really saying that right like everyone's just like yeah you know the PGA tour is great the Live tour is great too you know I'm just gonna go try this out I think it could be you know uh, cool for golf right and it's like well that's not really the reason you're doing this the reason that you're doing this is because you want to make like alarmingly um, large amounts of uh, money by joining this, and so you can't blame it. Again, I like if I was in that position, I would totally do it. Um, you know, if, if I'm a declining PGA Tour pro, I'm gonna go take 10, 20 times the money that I'm that I've ever made in my career just to play golf. You know, I mean, right? Like a guy like Sergio Garcia, he hasn't won a ton of tournaments, but he's been on the PGA Tour for the better part of twenty years now. I think twenty five years almost. So he's made a ton of money, right? But he and he won the Masters. He, you know, he he got that one. That's like you know his 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 you know his, his crowning. Uh, you know, achievement, uh, you know, in his, in his professional tour career, but he's never been one of those guys who's like, he's going to win. Right. It's never one of those those situations where it's like, every time this guy gets on the tee box, he's going to do well. And he's going to win a tournament. A guy like that, though, if he just participates in the live tour, he doesn't have to do well. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't have to do press conferences and make this whole big scene. He can just play and he can make a ton of money for his family, who for whoever. So, like, I think that's the argument for why these guys are doing it. And it's just a tough, you know, kind of decision on whether or not they're going to. I'm going to stay away from that a little bit, though. But I think that's kind of the background here. It's like you have this new golf league starting up and – they're paying their players a a boatload of money to uh you know to participate in the golf tournament again you don't even have to win you don't really have to do that well but as long as you're there and you're playing they're gonna pay you a lot of money and they're backed by the oil money it's just like it's it's all connected um and i think that you know it's just kind of an interesting it's just kind of an interesting like you know crossroads that we're at where like you know there's people who are on who are still playing on the pga tour and most most guys that you know, most of the most famous players in the world are staying on the PGA Tour and they're, you know, they're they're going to make it, uh, you know, kind of stay, stay there. But you do have this crossroads where, you know, some of the guys are leaving um, and some of the guys are staying. And then it's kind of like you have these, you know, these competing golf leagues. And so that's kind of where you get into the sense of like, what is the future of the sport? Right. Um, and that's kind of what I think has been in the news a lot recently is like. You know, you just see it and, and I've gotten the notifications on my phone, you know, for the for this entire week. And I feel like the way that the articles and the TV clippings and whatever, they don't really do. They don't really do a great job of explaining like what happened and and, and what the reasoning is behind this, as well as what could be you know, the, the potential for the future of the sport. Based on you know what's happening here with the live tour versus the pga tour um you just hear like oh phil nicholson has signed you know to, to join this league bryson DeChambeau has left the pga tour um and, and it's so funny too because you always, in in like the in like the bottom parts of those notifications it's like rbc has been you know one of one of uh bryson dechambeau's biggest sponsors and they're you know they're leaving his his uh or they're not going to sponsor him anymore because because he's 20 he's you know choosing to join this league and it's like dude the money that he was getting from a sponsorship with RBC is nothing compared to the money he's going to pay he's going to make just to play golf in this new league. So um again, there's a lot of controversy around it, but I think that understanding the basis of where this all happened can be the the kind of determining factor or at least allows everyone to kind of be on the same page when we're talking about, you know, what could this be? We're going to be seeing it, you know, it's going to be on TV, there's going to be results, whatever. I you know personally I think we can get to our personal feelings maybe a little bit later but that's kind of the you know the the, the background to what happened now this week's right so we're as we said recording on this on Friday yesterday Thursday was the start of the first tournament of the live tour okay so that's kind of why it's been in the news more recently too and you see a lot of the guys you know Bryson Shambo, Phil Mickelson being two of them who basically decided to join at the last second I think to kind of avoid a lot of the controversy so they were, they were like they were always planning to play but they didn't like release it to the media until kind of later on um, and so now you end up in that situation where it, it's already started here it is at the first term I and mean, it's in London um, and so we got a little bit of this is Hayden was you know, you know kind of referring to this a little bit earlier we got uh, kind of a you know a sense for you know I would say the the kind of the, the walking on eggshells piece of you know the the media the the press conferences and, and things that are going on because, again, this is a golf league, so it's run just like any, you know, the PGA Tour does press conferences, all that stuff. Um, and so, but but like I said, kind of based on the controversy of, you know, the, the the people who are running this league and also the people who have kind of been chasing the money in order to join this league, that's, you know, we're kind of hitting that, you know, that issue, uh, you know, kind of right on the head now that obviously the, the first tour, the first event in the Live Tour has started. Um, and so Hayden's going to dive into a little bit of kind of what happened. Um, there was one specific player kind of involved in this, in this, uh, in this altercation location and we'll kind of, he'll, he'll go deeper on, on, on what happened there and, and, and uh, what was said. And then we can kind of, we can kind of debrief and, and then talk about what we think the future of the, of the PGA as well as kind of the future of golf in general.
0: Yeah. So there was, there was a good rundown by Matt there about pretty much what the, what the live tour is all about. Again, we got it started yesterday with um, on Thursday and it, and the way it works, actually, I'm just going to add on a little bit to what he was saying with how it works. So, each tournament is 54 holes instead of 72 holes. And that's that's three rounds of golf. And the way that they do it is a little bit weird. It's They do like six... I think it's it's 12 teams of four. So there's 48 total players in the field of each tournament. And it's 12 teams of four. And I, I don't really know. I guess it's just stroke play. And they must do some kind of... I don't know if it's like... They, they don't do best ball or, or scramble or anything like that. I think it's just they play golf. And then whoever has the best score out of that, that group of four players, they take that score and then they just, they make that the score for that team. And then there's 12 different scores and whoever comes out on top, they get a split of the money. And that's, that's basically how it is. And like, then the purses, like Matt said, are huge. So for example, the masters is, you know, obviously the the biggest or the most well-known PGA tour event there is year round, the total purse for that. So the total amount of money given out in that tournament is $15 million. The total amount of money given out in the Invitational, the first tournament of the Live Tour, is 25 million. So that's 10 million more dollars than than that's given out in the Invitational of the L, of the Live Turn of the Live Tour Invitational than there is in the Masters, which is the most well-known PGA Tour event. So that's just kind of that just kind of gives you some perspective on exactly how much more money we're talking about when we say that these guys are going to make insane amounts of money in this in this tournament. So moving on to kind of the, the thing that happened on Tuesday, which was the whole media day thing that happened. And it's basically just like any other media day. You know, the Super Bowl has a media day where it's a few days before before the Super Bowl. It's, it's like the, the week leading up to the Super Bowl, they have a bunch of different events that go on and a media day is part of it. And it's basically just the players sit down and reporters or People that are somehow get into the media day, they can ask them questions. And I mean, you can ask them any question you want, really. And so there apparently I mean, there was this guy and I, I actually found him on Twitter yesterday and I'm I'm not going to say his name or anything. I mean, it's probably out there by now. But I think this guy basically he has a history of absolutely despising Greg Norman, who is the one that who, who's the guy that organized this this LIV tour. He actually used to be in the PGA tour, like in the 90s, I think or maybe the 80s or something like that. Um, so he's, he's a pretty old guy now, but he he basically designed the Live Tour and got paid a bunch of money by the Saudi Arabian government to start it. And so he's, he's basically just like the organizer of all these tournaments, and he's doing it because he basically hates the PGA Tour and says that the PGA Tour doesn't give players any freedom. And so this guy went to the Media Day event, and he basically just like, tried to tear up the golfers that were sitting up there and he did it in a way where he would ask a question but it would be they would be leading questions which means like the questions would pretty much try to get an answer or they would pretty much attack the the golfers that were that were answering the question and they would try to they, he would try to lead them to an answer that would, um, you know, create con- controversy in the media. And so on Tuesday, this media event happened and it was held as kind of like a precursor to the invitational tournament that's being held this weekend. And Graham McDowell, who I think he, he used to be in the P- PGA Tour, and he, he was one of the guys that left from the PGA Tour to go to the Live Tour, he quickly became the subject of some pretty tough questions and he actually gave some of the best answers that he could have given, which was pretty impressive. But the controversy here is the decision to ask a couple of professional golfers these very tough questions that you know that they don't have answers to. So an example of one of the questions that he was asked. And again, these guys are just these guys are here to talk about. They're expecting to talk about, OK, you know, how has your golf game been looking over the past few days? How was you know, how are you looking to play against the rest of the field. What do you think about the rest of the field, right? Like these guys are just, they're up there, they're golfers, they're in their golf attire. They probably just came off the ra- the driving range, to be honest. So like these guys are not expecting to answer any geopolitical questions, but that's exactly what this guy, this reporter did. And so one example of a question that was asked to Graham McDowell was he was asked to answer how his journey with gulf saudi will help oppressed women and migrant groups who have who have their rights violated and lgbtq individual individuals who are criminalized in saudi arabia and grant mcdowell like everybody just sat up there in silence for for a few seconds they were like what is this what (laughs) like what is this guy asking again like it's it's one of the it's it's a question that matters but is this the time to ask it absolutely not and so Graham McDowell is up there and and he basically just says, he's like, we're not politicians. You know, these are, these are geopolitical situations need to be solved. And that, you know, warrant a a solution, but we're not the guys that are going to give you that solution. We're professional golfers. He didn't say it, but I'm going to say it for him. These guys just came over from the PGA tour. They haven't been in Saudi Arabia for more than, like Matt said, more than like a few months probably. And They probably, I mean, they're not gonna, they're not living in Saudi Arabia, so they're, they're basically just gonna travel there for the events that need to be, for for what they need to be there for, and they're gonna travel home. These guys aren't, I mean, again, they're working with an organization or they're working with the Saudi Arabian government essentially, but that's basically who's, just who's paying them, and they're just playing golf in other places of the world and they're providing entertainment, trying to win money and. Yeah, it's, it's creating a lot of controversy, and this guy basically gave them these questions or asked them these questions in order to kind of criminalize them and, and, and in order to put a bad light on them and say, you're playing for a Saudi Arabian government who has committed several crimes against humanity, basically, in the past. Why are you playing for them? That's the whole idea. Like, people who hate these guys for lo- moving to the Live Tour moving from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour, that's their argument. It's like, why are you doing this? You're, you're basically just getting paid by a government that has, you know, that has done very wrong things in the past. Which is true. But at the same time, I'm sure if you were put if, if a check was put in front of your face for a hundred million dollars to go play in a country that you've never been to before and that did something in the past, you would probably reason with yourself and say, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna take that hundred million dollar check and go play for them again. You're not supporting them in any way. You're not giving money to them. They're giving money to you, right? So that that's my whole argument. Again, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about what these guys are doing because yes, the PGA Tour already gives them a lot of money. It's just Greg Norman, the guy who the guy who runs the whole Live Tour thing. His argument is like, well, now these guys can be almost like free agents in in football and basketball, right? That's that's like one of his whole pitches towards golfers that are in the PGA Tour that he wants to bring over to the Live Tour. His whole pitch is like, you guys will essentially be free agents. You guys will be able to sign contracts now. You guys will be able to have like agents who, um, you know, who who work deals out, who work the best deals out for you in terms of how much money you're going to get and everything like that they're basically going to they're going to try to make it almost like a team sport in um in this live tour is what i've heard you know starting off with these kind of like four man teams that are playing in the in the field of 48 total players they're going to try to make it like that and then they're going to try to basically create the idea of like contracts signing contracts with um with certain teams and and moving from team to team and everything like that i think i think it's a great idea in terms of again in terms of the idea it's just the place that they're doing it, and with the Saudi Arabian government who has boatloads of money, um, but who has committed crimes against humanity in the past, it's just the wrong place to do it. And Greg Norman's catching a lot of fire for it. Again, I'm I'm kind of neutral in the situation. I don't love the guy. I've I've read a lot of stories that have said that this guy's like crazy, and he's you know he just needs to be shushed basically. But also, he's he's creating a lot of new opportunities for these golfers who, yes, they are already rich and they're just going to get richer, but it's just like, again, like Matt said, if the, if the check is there in front of you, I bet you, you would take it. Um, And well, actually I kind of said that, but Matt has said it before kind of saying like these guys are just getting paid generational wealth. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you take the opportunity? So I think the whole point of bringing up this subject was to talk about how this guy almost just ruined their media day and ruined the, the day of, um, you know, of these golfers that were expecting to answer questions, about their golf game, and, and again, like no no athlete really likes to answer questions in the you know in a press conference. They don't really like these media days, but it is a chance for them to kind of talk about. It is a chance. It's like the first chance for the Live Tour to really to really kind of gain media coverage. And this guy basically just ruined it. And he was out to get everybody, and it just kind of sucked that that it happened. So I'm I'm I don't know. I'm gonna hand it over to Matt to kind of get his opinion on it on it here, and then we're gonna talk about a little bit more about the idea of. The live tour and, and why saudi arabia is the place where it's happening
1: well yeah so i think i mean just Hayden. i think he did a good job of kind of you know outlining everything that happened obviously that media th- media day thing um and i don't really have much to add i i think that you know hayden's you know made a fair assessment it, it's it's a sports league and, and obviously you know politics should never be involved in sports but kind of, you know, given the scenario we're in, given the location of everything, um and given the given the uh, you know, the 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 parties who are directly involved in kind of backing this league and, and obviously shelling out the money for it as well, you know, that kind of lends itself to a little bit of a little bit of politics. Um but right, I think at the end of the day like it's it's sports. It's it's golf. these guys are here to play golf it'll happen it's a different you know it's a different league obviously Hayden explained kind of the way that they play it's going to be different and in, in the you know the way the teams are, are are formed and everything like that so I think it's just going to be you know it, it, it's it's going to happen it's here obviously you know they've already started and, and so I think kind of really what I you know what we want to address now is like kind of what does the future of golf look like right and it's it's tough to tell but I think for me it's like so here here's the thing all right so in terms of obviously you know The golf is broken down into an entire you know basically year-long season and and obviously you have you know the pga tour they they have what's called the fedex cup okay and so based on whatever you know however you place in every golf event that you that you play in throughout the course of the entire season you get assigned a certain amount of p or fedex cup points Uh, obviously if you win you get the most you know if if you don't do well uh you don't get very many points and so at the end of you know closing sort of close to the end to the end of the PGA Tour season. You um I, I think the top I think I guess it's like the top I think it's 100, 125 um, golfers with like the most FedEx cup points make what's called the FedEx cup playoffs. And there's, I think three, um, three tournaments that are, that are involved in, you know, the, the FedEx cup playoffs. And then obviously at the end of that whole deal, the player with the most points, the player that, you know, that wins the tour championship wins $15 million for, for winning the tour champ or for winning the FedEx cup playoff. Right. Because that's like, that's, that's the PGA tours, like kind of leaderboard playoffs championship thing. And that's how they kind of compare. You can can kind of compare that to other sports that have playoffs and championships. Um, you know, it's it's kind of similar in that way. Now, most people are going to say, "Well, but you have the majors, and that's really the most important thing about you know winning any golf tournament." Well, the majors are actually separate. Okay, so the the Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship are actually all separate entities, and they invite their own players based on whatever you know criteria that they want to use. Um, and the players can play in the major tournaments, um, but that's not associated with the PGA. Obviously, pretty much all of the PGA tour golfers are going to make and and play in the major tournaments. But as you know, as as golf tournaments themselves, they are separate entities. That's why they all have their own websites. They all have their own apps. They have their streaming services. They have you know kind of every, they do everything themselves. And so, kind of the the big question is you know what's going to happen with the majors i don't think though that the majors are going to change very much because realistically everyone that's on the live tour is still going to be able to participate in the majors. so perfect example we have the US, open, the us open coming up next week it's at a, it's at a course called brookline it's in new york and you started, again, kind of like what I was saying before, the ESPN notifications, everything that's saying like, oh my God, all these players are going to the Live Tour. Well, you follow that up with, you know, Phil Mickelson is invited to play in the U.S. Open. Bryson DeChambeau is invited to, you know, he's, he's going to be playing the U.S. Open. Dustin Johnson, same thing. So these guys who have gone, who have left the PGA Tour, who have gone to the, you know, to the Live Tour and now are, you know, are, are obviously facing the scrutiny, whatever Hayden, you know, kind of was just talking about there, they're still going to be playing in the biggest golf tournaments of the year. And so that doesn't really do anything for the, I guess, for for the fandom of the of the sport now everything so it's not like these guys are going to be kicked out of the most important tournaments on the golf calendar however they will be kicked out while well, they already were suspended from the pga so yeah. you know those those you know regular weekly events that are you know that are part of the pga tour season so for example hayden mentioned the rbc canadian open that's going on right now alongside the invitational in london for the live tour so they're probably you know they're both going on, both going on at the same time that's a pga tour sponsored event okay Now, we get to the major next week. That's not a PGA Tour sponsored event. And so anyone can play in that one. But the players who were suspended from the PGA Tour, for example, could not play in the Canadian Open this week. So that's kind of how it breaks down. And so I think that overall, like, obviously, you have your avid golf fans. I'm, you know, I'm really into golf, right? But most people aren't. Following it to my level, um, and and kind of you know always talking about, it, always thinking about it. Following, it, watching it, listen to podcasts about it. I do all that stuff. Most people don't. All right. The casual golf fans are going to watch the majors. You you know you hear about who wins the Masters everywhere every every year. You know you you we had the PGA Championship a couple you know a couple weeks ago. Justin Thomas, he made you know he made headlines on SportsCenter. He won the PGA Championship. Obviously, you have the U.S. Open next week. You know that's in the U.S. Whoever wins it, it could be a live tour. You know guy who just moved over from the PGA Tour. We're still gonna celebrate him. You know like there's no tomorrow. You have the Open Championship later in July. That's going to be in England at say, Royal St. George, like, that you know, the most famous golf world, golf course in the world, worldwide. Um, and, and so that's kind of the deal here. Um, you're still going to, for your most important events, you're still going to have the best players, right? All of them kind of competing together. It's just for the individual PGA Tour uh, events that, that aren't going to have you know the the same amount of people or you know the 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 same names that they did before but again for all the people who are leaving for for the live tour you still have most of the best players in the world are still on the pga tour i mean you can go through the top 10, I think literally only Justin Dustin Johnson, who has been playing horribly, so I'd be surprised if he's even in the top 10 still, he's probably, you know, like eight or nine or something, um, you know, he's gone, but, like, Bryson DeChambeau hasn't even played a, he hasn't played a tournament, uh, you know, in, like, in like three months, and every tournament he's played, and he's missed the cut, you know, because, I mean, he's he's having wrist issues and whatever, so, so, like, you know, you're, like, Scotty Scheffler's won four times on tour this year, you have, you know, Jordan Spieth, he won, he's still in there, you know, you have Colin O'Croix, Colin Murakawa, you have Justin Thomas, you know, you, you have Victor Hovland, all these guys who are the top of the sport, they're still staying in the PGA, so I don't think it's really doing much to the PGA Tour, It's it just is creating a bunch of buzz right now, but I don't think also a lot of people are going to end up, especially in America, which is I think where golf is the most popular, a lot of people aren't really going to end up watching this very much, because it's also in, Le- or it's going to be, you know, in Europe, in Asia, in, in you know, in Saudi Arabia, in, in the Middle East, which is like, that's like seven hours ahead of us. Okay. And so you end up in a situation where like, go, there's going to be golf going on at like 2am, but nobody's going to be, you know, staying up to, to watch that. So I don't know how it's going to fare. Um, I, I think obviously your you know, your, your, your biggest golf fans are going to follow both tours. And I think that Probably having two, it's like the old saying, the John Madden saying, right? When you know, when, when a football team they have two quarterbacks, and he, you know, the, the famous saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks, because that means you know you don't have one person who's going to lead your team, and, and you know you need to have the solidity there and, and be unified as a team. That all makes sense, and I think it's kind of going to be the same reasoning is going to follow true, is going to hold true for this for these kind of golf leagues where you have two, both of them aren't going to be as good as they were, you know, as it was when there was just one people are still going to follow it the majors are still going to kind of be the same pretty much you might get you know storylines from both of them so they'll both get attention you have famous players you know playing in both of them so that's still valid but I think that you know it's it's not going to be detrimental to either you know to either league um nor to you know to the majors which are kind of the most important part of the golf season so that's my outlook on the you know on on kind of the future of the sport it's not really I didn't really take a side here on whether or not I think it's going to be you know better or worse but I think just explaining by the you know the background of it I'm like I'm going to be fine with it and I'm a huge golf fan right so like I think that kind of goes without saying is like it's not really going to change much but I think that kind of understanding how it Mm -hmm. works and behind the scenes that's kind of what I foresee happening who knows something could change but I think that you know for the most part they're just going to kind of each be you know mutually going along at the same time and I don't think there's going to be any any major problems I think it's just kind of all going to be you know they're both just going to exist like normal
0: yeah, I think you're exactly right. And again, it's it's the majors that are key here. Like Matt said, it's, it's not, you know, nobody really watches the PGA Tour events. Again, Matt and I usually do just because we like watching golf and we like following it and we follow it so that you guys don't really have to follow it that much. But the thing is that we, we don't really, I mean, we haven't talked about the RBC Canadian Open and we probably won't unless something crazy happens for the rest of the weekend. But right, that's it. It just kind of goes to show we talked about the PGA Championship when Justin Thomas won it and we talked about Scotty Scheffler at the Masters. Right. So it's just it's one of those things where it's it's really not going to affect the mainstream American sports media as much as it's kind of made out to be right now. Again, it's they're under fire like the Tour is under fire right now. Greg Norman's under fire. Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, all these guys that have, you know, Kevin Na, all these guys that have been in the PGA Tour that are leaving, they're under fire right now just because the first t- tournament is this weekend. But again, I, I think, you know, after this weekend, we're probably not going to hear much about it. It's just going to kind of fizzle out and it's it's probably going to be fine and dandy, right? But the last thing that I want to say about this whole this whole Saudi Arabian, you know, or the stigma against the Saudi Arabian government and against the live tour in general and why there is a stigma against this, the the live tours. Again, it's because it's in Saudi Arabia and it's one of those things. Like a lot of people think that it's, that it's what's, it's this thing called sports watching. Right. And so sports watching is, is essentially when a country who has done wrong in the past and every country has done wrong. Everybody, every country is at fault for something again, try to, you know, not to get too political here, but like, every country has done something wrong in the past. So it's just, and you know, some have done worse than others. And Saudi Arabia is one of those countries. But one of the things that happens is called sports washing where like countries look to, and you know, they pay for these huge sports events to be held in their country, or they, they choose to sponsor these big sports events. And a a good example is the the Olympics. I think like it's happened in the past with Russia and China. They've tried to host the Olympic games so that they, they, Uh, have a clean reputation after afterwards or whatever they can try to clean up their reputation from their from their horrible past or whatever these sports events are kind of being used as a way to clean the reputation of countries that have done bad things in the past and that's exactly what people are saying Saudi Arabia is trying to do with the live tour which you can make an argument that that's happening and you know that's kind of it kind of leads to the argument of, oh, well, these guys are supporting the crimes against humanity that Saudi Arabia has committed in the past by going over to the Live Tour and by u- by leaving the PGA tour that is sponsored kind of by the USA, I guess. And so that's that's the whole argument is, is that Saudi Arabia is sports washing in this in this sense. But again, it's 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 one of those things that like you can sit there and say, Oh, they're trying to sports wash and everything, but like When it comes down to it, these guys that are going from the PGA tour over to the live tour, they're, they're all human. And so if you wave a hundred million dollar check in front of their face, I've said it a million times, they're going to go get, they're going to go get their check, right? They're going to go secure that bag, as we like to say, and they're going to, you know, they're going to play in the live tour. So there's basically no stopping it at this point. Again, it's not like these guys are supporting the Saudi Arabian government and saying, oh, you know, they're a great country. Like they're not saying that they're going and they're playing golf for an organization that's sponsored by the Saudi Saudi Arabian government. These guys shouldn't be put at fault. These golfers shouldn't be put at fault. Again, Greg Norman is kind of a different situation because he's the one that started the whole thing. And so he kind of, I guess he might've gone to the Saudi Arabian government or the Saudi Arabian government might've gone to him to try to start it. And so maybe you can go to the source and attack him for it. I think Greg Norman if anybody should be the one that's being attacked for it. But again, you can't really fault these golfers for doing it because they're they're not I mean they're not in any way directly supporting any kind of crime against humanity, right? So that's that's I think that's kind of what we want to get out there is like don't fault the players because they're not the ones that that deserve to be faulted at at the end of the day. So that's going to be it for our golf topic and we're going to actually move into NHL here just talk a little bit about NHL, and then we're probably gonna be done. So, here we go. The Lightning took game five of the Eastern Conference Finals last night to make it three straight wins for Tampa Bay, um, and the Tampa Bay team that looked to be pretty rattled after losing the first two games of the series against the Rangers. Now, I have made my case in the past to never count the Rangers out until they're actually out. They're down 3-2 right now in the series, We've seen him come back from a three-one deficit in uh, against the against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. I'm going to ask this question to Matt: Will New York be able to pull together an unlikely another unlikely comeback for the a third series in a row, or will their luck run out against the two-time defending champs?
1: I think their luck is going to run out. I've been high on the Lightning ever since. I think that I'm also kind of just trying to defend my take that after pretty much after seeing the Lightning sweep the Panthers, I was like this team's probably going to win the cup again. Uh in threepeat. And we even had a topic about it on the podcast basically saying like there's nothing that's going to get in, in the way of this Lightning team. They're just on fire. And then we saw them lose the first two games to the Rangers. And we said even you know even you know kind of after that we were like, wow, it's surprising how bad, and they lost the games badly. Right, I, mean, I think it was six two was the first game, and it was I maybe yeah I don't even know what the second you know, game, the second score, I think it was like four one. It was like they got beat pretty badly. Yeah. So either way, um, you know, we're kind of saying, well, that's the first time that they've lost back to back games in the playoffs in like. You know, three years. You know, they were previously like twenty-one and zero. Uh, you know, in 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 bounce back games, essentially. You know, get, playing the game after a loss. So, you know, c- kind of that that sparked some some fear, I think, or or at least some uncertainty when it came to the take that hey, the Lightning are probably just going to run through the entire you know the entire league and probably win the cup again. It's it looks like it's not going to happen. Well, it looked like it, and then the Lightning won three straight games, right? And it was it was it was. Crazy because you know specifically because you know you're down two zero you're going home right because that, that was the thing is the Rangers were playing the first two games at home uh, or they had home home ice advantage or, or however I think it was like based on regular season points and so the Rangers had more regular season points so they got um they got to uh, to to be at well, home first
0: I think I think the Rangers are technically the two seed too and or they are a two seed. And the Lightning are a three-seed, so it might have been seeding as well, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: but I know – yeah, it may be. I don't know. I know for the NBA, like, for example, in the finals, the Celtics um, are the two-seed and the Warriors are the three-seed. Oh, yeah. The Celtics won more games in the regular season, so – or no, all right. The Warriors yeah. are the lower seat, but they won the more games in the regular season so they got home court advantage. I don't know exactly how it works in hockey. I'm pretty sure it's by points cuz that would make sense okay. like, based yeah. on your regular season uh, caliber. Either way, right. So the Rangers won both their games at home. Lightning obviously, you know, they're 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 down 2-0. They haven't been in a position like this in literally, you know, 3 years. They won two straight cups. It's like now they're now it's the real test, right? It's like can you bounce back? Can you, you know, get your stuff together, get home, play, you know, play hockey the 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 way that you know you can. They win the first game. It was very close, though. Okay, and that's kind of where I think the the entire series pivoted. Was it's game three? It's in Tampa Bay. The the Rangers were actually winning. It was two to one late in the game. I think even into the third period, the Lightning scored. um, Scored I think earlier in the third period and and made it two two. But it's like they were legitimately facing being down three zero. And obviously, as we know, you know it's it's basically it's near impossible in any sport to come back uh, from a three zero series deficit. Um, and so just the way that the Rangers are playing, you're thinking, you're thinking, okay, even if Tampa Bay wins this game, which obviously then, as we know, they hit literally, it was a buzzer. It was like a literally a buzzer beater in hockey. You've never yeah. seen it before. It was like, you know, six seconds left and they, and, and they, and they scored and they won the game three to two. But you're thinking, even if, you know, even just they, they won that game. Okay, great. Now the series is two to one, but the way that the Rangers were playing, clearly being in Tampa Bay hasn't really meant anything yet. Right. Um, and so the way that they're playing and everything like that, you can kind of tell yourself, like you convince yourself, you know, I think the Rangers are probably gonna win the series. And I think that's after Hayden did the podcast when he was talking about kind of the, obviously he talked about the the avalanche sweep because that had also happened that overtime game where the avalanche won. But then, you know, he was also talking about the Rangers and he was kind of like, look, it's, and I completely agree with him at the time that he recorded the podcast. It's like the bear, the way that the Rangers are playing, like when the Rangers were at home, the lightning really weren't giving the Rangers any, you know, any trouble. The Rangers won those games pretty easily. Um, you know, then you go to Tampa Bay, and the Rangers were playing so well, and technically could have won Game Three. You know, took us taking a three-zero a, a, a series lead, but no, the Lightning found uh, bounce back. They, you know, they fought back. They won Game Three, so now it's a two-one series deficit, and then they win Game Four. You know, four to one, or I think it was four to two, but they got like a, a last-second goal, but it didn't really matter. And so now you're thinking, all right, the series is tied, right? The Lightning did their job, right? They were down two-zero, they got home, they did their job, they won both those games, and you're thinking, all right, it's the pivotal Game Five. They always say it's pivotal Game Five because whoever wins Game five that really gives you the series edge because the next game you win or it's, it's basically it's win or go home and from you know from that point on and so you're thinking well the rangers have been dominant at home they looked great you know at first but obviously now the lightning are the team with the momentum here and so they go into new york and they won last night um and so we're kind of you know we're facing this this interesting situation here where um you know obviously you know kind of as, as hayden outlined before like the rangers were you know they were up 2-0 and now they're down three to two and so the lightning have won three straight games Games. that doesn't happen often obviously it happened on the other side of the bracket because the Avalanche beat the beat the Oilers four straight times but that's clearly you know a, a difference in talent the Avalanche are an absolute uh you know an absolute rolling over everyone there so now you kind of get to the point where it's like you know what's what's the deal i think that I just I think the Lightning they they, like they've been here before they know what to do they've won two straight championships the Rangers are one of the youngest teams in the NHL they shouldn't have even gotten to this point I don't even think they should have beaten Pittsburgh and as we mentioned yeah they shouldn't have and as we mentioned you know Hayden Hayden did said it and we you know we said it on a previous episode too it's like they're five and zero in facing elimination games now that's gonna really be put to the test right (laughs) here okay because it's one thing to you know beat the Penguins three straight times because the Penguins were down to their third goalie you get it right it it, it happens same thing with the Hurricanes you get hot your your goalie gets hot you know you're playing at home you're playing on the road you know you finally beat them okay cool you win a game seven you're on to the you know you're on to the eastern conference finals but this is a different animal okay andre vaskelevsky has found his has found his groove the lightning's offense is is really clicking well and i think that you know this is the this is like the worst possible matchup uh for this rangers team and the worst possible time to kind of be down or i guess kind of you know facing the negative momentum right especially having you know lose lose having just lost a game uh at home so i think that just based on everything that. That the Lightning have showed us and, and how well they've been playing as of recently and how they were able to turn it around. I think they all have all the momentum now. Um, and, and, and I do think they're on you know they're on the way to the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, that is I can't I, we were saying it you know before it's like the Avalanche and Lightning is just gonna be an insane uh, you know Stanley Cup finals, and, and so that's gonna be super cool to see who, who comes out of that. Obviously, you know, Colorado's gonna have like two weeks of extra rest uh, compared to compared to the lightning. Sometimes that does well for people, sometimes it doesn't. We'll get into a preview preview uh, once the once the rain. Rangers and Lightning Series is over uh, late next week. But um, but yeah, so that's kind of my, my thoughts on it. I think that realistically, it's just tough for the Rangers. But I think that, you know, you can kind of take some take some solace in the fact that I think I would compare the Rangers almost to like the Mavericks, all right, in the NBA season where it's like Mavericks got to the Western Conference Finals and nobody thought they would get there. They beat the number one seed. Like everything happened well for them. And I think they can, they, you know, they can really build off of this and, and they have a young core and they'll be good, you know, for for a couple of years to come. Same with the Rangers, right? They they weren't supposed to get here. They did really well. And now they're here and they can actually, um, you know, they can actually, do well in the next coming years too. So, so we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see kind of what happens in the next couple games. But I mean, you're telling me Tampa Bay has a three-one, three, uh, sorry, three-two series lead, and they're you know they got Game Six at home. I don't, I don't see any way that the Rangers win that. And if they do, then they have Game Seven at home too. It's a you know it'll be a great chance. But so we'll see what happens. I do think the, the Lightning are going to take it though.
0: Yeah, and as much as I've been praising the Rangers over the past couple weeks now, I I think the same thing. I think the Lightning are probably going to take it just because we can't really deny the fact here that. Again, the Lightning are two-time defending champs. They know what it's like to be in this situation. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let a three-two series lead slip from their fingers against, like Matt said, a really young Rangers team who really isn't supposed to be here in the first place. So, again, I've I've been you know I've kind of just been high on the Rangers just because it's fun at this point. I like I said the Carolina series that they had. I wanted them to lose because Matt and I are Penguins fans, and in the first round it was so sad to see the, the Penguins lose that 3-1 uh, series lead and then, you know, get kicked out of the playoffs by three straight wins from the Rangers, and so I I was hoping that Carolina would, would wipe the the Rangers out of the playoffs, and when they weren't able to, I was like, okay, well, why not root for the, the Rangers against the Lightning? Again, everybody loves an underdog, so it's it would be really cool to see the the Rangers get to the Stanley Cup Finals when they you know after beating a, a two-time defending champ in, in the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, at this point, Tampa Bay has won three straight. Um, if there's anybody that can do it, based on playoff history so far, it is the Rangers because like we've said, they've they've been able to come back from crazy deficits in in each series up until this point. But I don't think it's gonna happen. I I do think that the Lightning will probably you know, take this one and, and, and roll with it. And we'll, we'll have an avalanche lightning final, like Matt said, that will just be absolutely amazing. And we'll all get to sit back on our couches and be fat Americans and watch a, a good NHL series where they're working a lot harder harder than us. But yeah, that's, that's about it for today. Again, we got through, uh, live golf tour and NHL segments. We were, like I said, we were going to have kind of like a little, NFL segment at the end here but we're gonna save that for next week and it'll be a pretty good one it's it's kind of we're kind of getting into the whole training camp well training camp hasn't started but um you know OTAs have started and we're kind of getting into the mix of who's participating in 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 these kind of mandatory um I guess it is mandatory what is it mandatory practices or whatever mandatory like training camp I don't know
1: yeah, well, it's OTAs first, and then yeah. it's just, and then it's mandatory. Yeah, it's
0: training camp. Yeah, so mandatory. Yeah, right. So we're getting into this whole mix where we talk about who's participating, who's not, who's holding out, everything like that. So we'll definitely be talking about that more as kind of the NBA Finals end, and then as the NHL season comes to an end with the Stanley Cup Finals. So that'll be fun there, and then of course we'll keep we'll keep you updated with golf U.S. Open coming up and everything like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty fun summer here. Not gonna talk any baseball, cause yeah, <laughs> well, Mac will talk. eventually. <laughs> okay. I stand for baseball. Yeah, I don't. There you go. Um, I
1: mean, I don't really, but I'll just we got it. We got to cater our baseball yeah. fans, so I'm, I'm always there for
0: it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if. Yeah, I feel like I feel like baseball fans are weird because if you know a baseball fan, I feel like they're only fans of baseball. Like they don't they don't really care about any other sport. But I mean, there's 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 fans like that for every sport. But I feel like baseball fans, it, it's kind of there are more, there's like more of an abundance of that um, than there are any other sport. But yeah, that's going to round it out for today. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back on Tuesday. Most likely again with the schedule. Now it could be Monday. It could be Wednesday. We're going to try to make it either Monday or Tuesday. Um, Again, we're going to try to stick to the Tuesday schedule, but this is coming out on a Friday, so you may see you may see the next episode come out on a Monday. You never know, but it's going to be one of those two days and we're really excited for it. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we will catch you Tuesday.